I'm str- I've struggled with this, and this is one of the ones that I've kind of pinpointed, and I've struggled with as soon as you and I decided that we were going to do this, and I was going to be the odds. Um, because the Rays are very much like the just kind of they just sit back and wait to see who falls to them. Uh, they've got a like I just I see I see the Rays as a team that they've simulated ten thousand times how the draft might go. And every possible guy that might fall to them, they've simulated his development 10,000 times, and they know exactly what every single player is worth. And I don't know anything about that. But I do know that they like that they're good at developing arms. Um, so I've got a, a super unique guy, great metrics, a um, lot of potential, needs refinement. Noah Schultz, the prep lefty from Oswego East. Um, just something where didn't pitch a lot this spring, had a lot of high buzz. I think he was like, he had like some sort of illness or something. I don't know if it was mono or it, something, but anyway, uh, something where they see the talent, the talent's fallen to them. They know that he needs a little bit of more refinement. He missed out on most of his senior year. Noah Schultz to Tampa Bay. I just want to throw out there that I've discussed him as potentially that like hidden arm to Kansas City. Right? Like we, they love size. They love pitching. Like, you know, just as one of those we're discussing, like not knowing if Kansas City wants their next uh, Frank Mazzucchito. There you go. Schultz, you know, just to go throw ahead that out it. there. Top 10, uh, yeah. So the Giants. Also, third, sorry. Third, go, no, you also, go um, also, the second pick that the Mets have. Something yeah. where the, they can say, hey, we already have our first round guy. We can afford to throw a lottery pick at a guy like a Schultz who was projected to be really high, didn't perform his senior year. We can try that as well. So another guy who might be a value play there. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. So the Giants, one of their most successful picks has been Kyle Harrison. There's been a lot written on him. But in spite of his success, they have been a college-heavy team. So they did, you know, they've got this one guy that they targeted. It's been great success. But I'm still leaning college with them. And as you're looking at, like, who are the top college talents? Who are the guys who could potentially make sense? You know, looking at their recent drafts, it's been a little bit more with safety. If you're like, you know, Patrick Bailey was a recent high pick. Mm-hmm. Um, last year was uh, Bednar, Bednar, who had the great, you know, postseason. But, uh, you know, and, you know, brother was a, a pitcher. And then they went with the Fordham. Uh, pitcher and then went Mason Black. I mean, they went almost one could argue they took three relievers in a row to start their draft last year. So wild, absolutely wild. You know, what is the top college performer left? And I think for me, it's like I'm looking at okay, you know, we talked about I've, I've talked about my podcast. You got Parada, who is the the bat with a questionable glove. You got Susak, who's the kind of in between option. There's Logan Tanner, then who's the glove but questionable bat. You've got, you know, the Jordan Beck is still out there. Um, Sterling Thompson, outfielder, Florida is still out there. Jude Fabian is still out there. And I've thrown all of these names out there just to not pick any of them and go with Peyton Graham, the shortstop from Oklahoma, because of positional value. Now, again, I'm not necessarily sure he's going to be a shortstop, but I think he's an infielder. And he's, uh, you know, he's had a really good last few weeks. So he's doing himself uh, some favors. Um, now, the Cape Cod wasn't necessarily the best. That can be an issue for some, but there's there's a lot of you know versatility. There's a lot of things he could play. Is he super utility? I mean, at this point in the draft, you're looking at a team that's going to look at the value of the performance, and I think the performance, especially late in the season, has been there. Yeah, he's one of those guys that feels like you know 
regionals and through the tournament, he's shot up in value and climbed the boards. Um, I saw stuff just two weeks ago that had him in like the 50s. And I can see now, I mean, I've already seen things coming out like today and yesterday that were like, yeah, he's played him, he's played himself into a possible first round consideration. So I think, I think that's a good pick. Um, this was, uh, this was a full, two, it was a full two days of shows for us. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be updating this, obviously, as we get closer and closer to the draft. I know that there's there's one thing I've noticed. It's that people on YouTube love to see mock draft content for MLB. Uh, they are all over it on YouTube. So I if guess you... my one question to you, just to throw this oh, out there, yes, is yes. we are at one hour and four minutes. If we're chopping these up at about 28 minutes a show. It's about 90. Do we just do the next eight to get us through comp A, and then that could be three? Do we consider doing it? Do you have the time to do that? Um but... I guess we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that would give us three shows because we're so close to three in terms of yeah. our, our overall minutes. It might make sense. Um, yeah. Let me go just pull up the... consider it. I mean, you would be up with Colorado for Trevor story. Um, and, but you know, we, there's what's interesting. I think at this point is just the names. Like, you know, we mentioned all those college players. Uh, you know, Mickey Romero is someone I feel like will go in the first round. He's still on the board. So I'm going through my little handwritten list over here. Uh, Robbie Snelling, you know, is someone who people are like top 20 talent. Yeah. We don't have him just because of pitching. So it's, it could be interesting. And then for Guardians fans, hey, Guardians have the 37th yep. pick. Y'all so, are in there. Okay. Uh, maybe do you want to switch to odds or switch it up, go crazy? So then I would have the Guardians odd pick. Oh, we can do that, I guess. Okay. Are you okay with that? That's uh, fine. So All I guess, right. I, you know, now that I've convinced you. Yeah. Um, so you do 30 and then you do 31 and I'll take 32. So, all right. Yes. All right. So here we go. We're going to, we're going to do a cut real quick and then we're going to start. So, um, again, a quick break right here in the middle of the show to talk about our sponsor today, which is my favorite builtbar.com. You, if you've tried built bar, you love built bar right now. I've talked about many a time before granola. Granola is one of my favorites. Guess what? Granola is back. You can get it right now. I am probably going to put in order on the, uh, the mixed box. I recommend that uh, with the peanut butter, the white chocolate berry, and the coconut. I only say kind of because I currently have a box right now upstairs. They sent us of the birthday cake, which you can currently still get the white chocolate birthday cake. They have the brownie batter, the orange caramel brownie is back. That's a delicious one. And grasshopper cookie. I haven't tried grasshopper cookie. I tried the grasshopper in the past, but adding in cookie as well. Well, those all sound like desserts. Built Bar is going to be an A-rated treat for you if you have a health food app. It gives it the highest marks. It is good for you, and it is delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Remember that promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% on the best-tasting protein bar you will find. It's a protein bar that doubles as a dessert. Check it out today. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, thank you, everyone, who's still tuning in. Day three of this mock draft. I guess we'll... <laughs> See where we do the cuts. Uh, that's, this might actually be in the middle of day three of the episode, but we've got the minutes. We got the time. People love mocks. Guardians fans, I know they would want to hear the supplemental pick, so I, I, I was able to convince Lindsay to come back and do this. I'm switching to odds so I can handle the Guardians again. Uh, with the first but, pick. But that also means he gets the Royals at 35. Oh, I do get the Royals. So uh, get get ready for uh, for Robert Moore there. Yeah, uh, I'll pick one <laughs> Uh, 31 Rockies. Uh, we talked about them going for ceiling in the first round, taking, uh, Crawford there. Uh, 
last year, for instance, if I pull up their data in 2021, after Benny Montgomery, they followed that up with Jaden Hill, the high ceiling left or right-hander who had been hurt mm-hmm. and hadn't had a chance to pitch. Like one of those guys who had first round run, they took one of my favorite second round picks in the comp round with Joe rock, the Ohio lefty who missed a ton of bats. And then they were, I mean, after Benny Montgomery, this is my way of saying they only took college players, right? They took the high school guy and then only college guys. And traditionally until these last few years, this was a very college heavy drafting team. So we are at this point in the draft where I am going to lean into college guys. And I believe Jordan Beck is still there, right? Jordan Beck is still there. Yeah. So they like power. They've always drafted power. They like big guys, big athleticism, big power. I know it's a lot of outfielders. But when you're looking at the board, it's it's Beck or it's Fabian. And I think I lean back at this point in time for them, just as the guy who's a little bit higher on most boards. It's not traditional to do back-to-back outfielders, but I think that's where kind of the right now we're seeing the talent match up, at least in my opinion. Uh, I don't I, I got to spend some more time on the college pitching class. Like I'd have to go look at like Thomas Harrington, uh, Justin Campbell, just see if they have a sinker because we know they need that that sinker would be successful in Colorado before I would uh, commit to a pitcher there. Yeah. And then this is uh, just a really interesting situation and an interesting guy that I like here um, for the Reds. And I can't, I can't really articulate why I like him for the Reds. I just do for some reason. Uh, Eric Brown, the shortstop from coastal Carolina. So was one of those like high volatility, high ceiling. It feels like if you're an organization that is letting talent leave, and you've got prospects, and you are not going to pay for stars. You have to take guys that have high ceilings, but that means they're going to be volatile, and that is what Eric Brown is. Uh, he might not even stick at shortstop, but fantastic velocity, like exit velos. Uh, he's insanely athletic. Uh, I've you know he's been he's been streaky this year, and I think that's why he falls down in, into comp round A. Um, but Eric Brown, the shortstop from Coastal Carolina. No, makes a lot of sense right there. Uh, I would have considered him with the next pick, honestly. Baltimore <laughs> is here. Now, the way this plays out is, you know, kind of the fun is we get to kind of go back and discuss what happened. And since they didn't go massively under slot, uh, they don't necessarily have as much money to spend with this selection as if they had gone another direction. So if I'm just like looking at the name value, looking who's there, why not give them the guy that they wanted a year ago, but couldn't sign? Why not give them the guy that supposedly was their second round target, Jude Fabian. He's sitting there. He's a guy they apparently liked a lot and he's done everything right this year. He's cut down on a strikeout rate. I get he has never hit for average, but I think he can be a plus defender in center field with plus power potential. Uh, This is a game anymore where you don't necessarily need to, to hit 300 to be successful. You don't even need to hit 240 to be successful. And I think Jude Fabian can do that. I think he can, you know, be a low average, big power plus to Kevin. I don't want to compare anyone to Kevin Kiermeyer with uh, the defensive ability, but if, like a light version of him, maybe. But I think, again, we know he was highly connected to them a year ago. He is sitting there. I think he could sneak into the first round, but where he is right now, I think it'd be hard for Baltimore to say no. That is a very, yeah, no, I, I, that's, that makes perfect sense, actually. I I don't know why I hadn't put that together myself yet until now, but that makes perfect sense. This is, 
I'm going back and checking real quick because I'm I'm surprised. I just now realized he's still on the board. I thought he was taken already. So my next pick, Arizona, Arizona Diamondbacks. You look at um, what do they need? Like, I feel like one of like they have a ton of position player prospects coming up recently, uh, but something that they're working on still is pitching. You've seen what. The, the pitching coach has done. You've seen what kind of like the corner that they've turned this year. Uh, there's Merrill Kelly, even Baumgartner looking like the Baumgartner of old. So I had to go back and check three times. I thought he was taken already. Um, Justin Campbell, the righty from Oklahoma State. Somebody who um, I just, I mean, exceptional fastball, a couple different breaking balls. I think that under that pitching coach, they can take him and they might think that they can get their ace right here in the second round or in the comp round A. So, uh, Justin Campbell, I want to see he's what a, they do with him. He's a model darling as well. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Uh, Kansas City. So, we had them going bat in the first round, right? Uh, yes, they took Gavin Cross. Cross. So, they love pitching. You know, they took the two prep arms a year ago. And this is actually a point in time where the prep pitching is fantastic. So I think that Dayton Moore would love Robbie Snelling here. The lefty who's rising, the two sport athlete who could have played college football as well. Uh, you know, you're looking at like him and Jackson Ferris uh, are probably the biggest names. Uh, also, Oh, I'm going to ch- change it. I'm, I'm, I'm going against this. I'm going to go with Andrew dude, uh, the fourth, whose name I know I got wrong. And I'm switching it because there was that year that they took uh, Watson and Russell, Ash Russell from Indiana. Mm-hmm. So they had a year where they took back-to-back Indiana prep arms. So I'm going to go with the big Indiana prep arm who, I mean, I've seen people mock him uh, into the teens as well. So I'm going to maybe go against the board and just be like, hey, they have a history with Indiana. Let's let us let him, maybe they get it right this time as neither of those players, uh, Nolan Watson is what I want to say, and Ash Russell. Uh, so maybe they get it right this time, but we know it's a state that they scout heavily. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's a good pick. I like that. Um, okay, so I'm just checking to make sure this guy's still here because another guy who I thought was this is this is the story of this draft. Is there's so many guys, college guys, who you're like, I figured he'd have been picked by now, and he's not been picked by now. You know, a guy like a Judd Fabian who fell out of the first round when he was considered to be one of the better outfielders going into the draft uh, out of college. So I'm looking for the Pirates here. Um, up up the middle, premium position. They're going to have a decision to make at some point in time on their center field situation. And a lot of their prospects are infield prospects. Uh, outfielder Jacob Melton of Oregon State. I thought I had taken him earlier and I had not. Uh, so one of the better performers on one of the better teams leads them in home runs. Um, is it a great swing? But he's still hitting like 375, 440, 700 is a slash line. 20 plus stolen bases. I want to say he's close to 20 home runs. I want to I think he's 15 or 17 or something like that. So Jacob Melton to the Pirates. So we're back to the Guardians. There's a few interesting names to follow here. Uh you know, Robbie Snelling, we talked about the two-sport athlete. Another two-sport athlete being Owen Murphy, who's been uh, had some connections. Walter Ford is the 17-year-old, you know, very one of the youngest players in the class who's an athlete. Uh, and for me, it kind of comes down to, you 
is it Ford or do they go to the college route? And I'm kind of leaning college here and I'm going with Thomas Harrington from Campbell. Now, my one thing that holds me back is that he's a draft eligible sophomore and this is not an organization that has taken many of those. Yeah. Uh, going back through the history, like I literally had this debate this week on the thing and I think that age models aren't a big fan of draft draft eligible sophomores because it means that they've always kind of been the old guy in their class, that they've always been a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger. Uh, But, you know, he's a small school guy. He's got the slider and the changeup, which we know this is a team that looks at secondary offerings. Uh, They're not going to be bothered by the fact he's six foot two and a righty, which a few years ago for a lot of teams would have been an issue. And Harrington's a guy who's got a little bit of helium late and for a team that sometimes waits till the second or third round to kind of splash in with their savings. We saw them, you know, save the money with Carson Tucker the last time they had a high pick, save money with Tanner Burns, and then Logan Allen, and then their, you know, Milan Tolentino and some of those other guys where were they uh, spent that money. So this might also be a chance to get a little bit more savings early before coming back with some bigger picks later on. But uh, Harrington is a guy who makes sense as a connection with them. I like it. I like Harrington. Uh, all right, so... 38 to the Rockies. A lot of picks that they own this draft, huh? Yes, they have. They have a lot of stuff here. They got, they have Justin Crawford already. Um, They have Jordan Beck already. So they have, they've taken two outfielders already. And I hate to double up from a school, but I'm thinking about how a lot of breaking pitches don't do, don't look great at altitude. You know, how, how, like players talk about how it just it doesn't perform the same. So Blade Tidwell, the righty from Tennessee. Good fastball. Needs some refinement. Um, has a two-seamer he doesn't use a lot. I feel like it's something they're going to work on. But I think I, I, I like Blade Tidwell here. The other option, I will say the other option I thought about is Landon Sims. Since you've got two prospects already, you can take him and let him heal a little bit. Um, so I thought about Landon Sims here, but I think I'm going to go with Blade Tidwell instead. Probably a bad idea, but Blade Tidwell. Man, the, you know, and here's the thing. Like, I know some, there's going to be people out there calling us like morons uh, because that's what happens with any mock. But in general, because like we let, you know, I mentioned the prep arms are still on the board at this time. The Robbie Snelling's still out there that, uh, yeah. You know, uh, Jackson Ferris is still out there. But here's the thing. Every year, there are two to three that are still out there who just don't sign. That's what works. That's how Kumar Rocker got to college when he was him and Hankins were the top righties in that class. There are big names. This is inevitable. And I say all of this to say I don't have one of the pitchers going here to the Padres. Uh, A player who I think is actually going to go higher than this, a player I've heard very positive things for, who's more of a, a... a team type of guy, one of those guys who goes higher because he's more valued to baseball teams than like the consensus or the industry uh, is, is Mikey Romero, the shortstop from orange Lutheran. Uh, I've heard that there are a lot of teams who like him to get to the second round. There are a lot of teams that kind of view, you know, you want to look at a lot of what I talked about with jet Williams. Mm -hmm. He's not that athlete, but like that ball to bat skills, the advanced approach, or even if you want to maybe compare him to, um, Who's the other infielder? I'm blanking on the other infielder I had earlier, who's the son of a coach who went to Kansas City. Um, um, up. Not cross. Hang on. I got it here. Uh, you know, it's. Yeah. I can't remember because you were talking about how 
Jaden Moore with like the son of a coach, 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 coach. Uh, yeah. But I think like he's got a lot of those things, and it, he's one of those guys that I, like I said, I think if he doesn't go in the first, he's going to go very early in the second. Shortstops rise. You know, he's just he's done it all at every level. He's placed faced uh, at, at man getting late. He has faced. <laughs> You know, he's faced the best of the best in California. Orange Lutheran is always a top program. He's done it in the summer circuit. He's done it with wood. He's done it with metal. He's a no-doubt shortstop. He has a all-fields approach. He's really good at the plate. Like, if you told me that someone like the Guardians popped him at 16 on draft day, I wouldn't be shocked. Not at all. If you told me that he went, like, like let's see. If I go over and pull up, because I, I, I like to go to the MLB.com place because we know it's a bit of a consensus board. So I go there and pull up his name, and he is 62. I would be more shocked if he went 62 than if he went 16. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I can see him as being kind of a wild card in this draft, and and somebody's going to make the call to go ahead and do that. And then obviously you have, I mean, it's like you said, these prep guys, you always have signability questions. There's always the, some of them just want to go to college. You know, some of them, or they they will come to your school if you, have enough money for it. And so I think that's, um, I think it's a good pick. I think that he can be a plus hitter, um, needs to add a little strength, but he'll do that. Yeah. So it's just crazy. We talked about the prep arms. How about like, you know, Sterling Thompson, neither of us drafted the Florida outfielder or Brock Jones, who's finally playing well, uh, the former uh, Stanford football player. Like, yeah. This is what I meant. Where like after that top 11, it's like the next 30 guys are kind of, similar about maybe in the next 40 like you could see like i wouldn't be shocked anyone we didn't mention here went in the teens like these guys who just missed this cut i wouldn't be shocked if any of them ended up going in the teens because that's just kind of how this draft is this year it's very you're looking kind of at how these teams approach it more than anything else because the talent is after those top 11 i would argue like like i said the next 30 to 40 guys are very much in line and it's a matter of just picking your nits yeah. Who, I mean, who has the one little trait you want because they're all kind of around the same future value. So, okay. So um, we're going to three shows for our draft here. This is your MLB draft week. Um, but at the end of the three, uh, who is your favorite draft pick that you made? Not to put you on the spot here. Um, you know, it's going to be someone late. Like uh, as I just kind of look at the order of it, it's cause you're always like looking at value. It's like, yeah, the top right. picks are okay, but you're like, who is that guy where I kind of like had a mix of like value and and, and you know, honestly, I, value fit. And fit. I, I kind of think it's like the Cardinals with Jet Williams, because to me, I put him ninth on my big board. I really believe mm-hmm. in him as a player. I think his athleticism is just about in that top tier. And if he's not in that top tier with what his physical traits are, he's just a step below. And again, you know, if he's not five foot eight, if he is even five foot 11, we're talking about him as a top seven guy. We're talking about the, the top six as a top seven. Right. So I think, you know, and we've seen with Oakland with Nick Allen, the value they got in taking a guy who was a, an undersized shortstop. And I mean, I, I'm a Guardians fan. This is, you know, part of this is locked on Guardians. Jose Ramirez is five foot eight. You know, if we're being honest here, it's like guys can hit if they can hit like it's height. Yeah, it's helpful, but it's not necessarily the end all be all. So for me, that's my favorite. What about for you? Uh, so it's a little bit different for me, but I think it's somewhere it's either Zach Neto to the Mariners or Cooper Yerpy to the Blue Jays. And it's just something where, I mean, like Cooper, I didn't think he'd fall that far. I didn't think he'd, you know, he, that, that it's just odd that like the second college pitcher off the board is at 23. Third, right? Pre-lip, 
Um, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot about Brelip. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's like, but it's so. just because there's so few healthy ones. So, but yeah, I like both of those picks. I think they're both good organizational fits with what the organizations like to do and what they want from their players. Um, so, all right. If Locked on MLB Prospects uh, fans want to check out more of your stuff and what you're doing, your draft stuff and your Guardian stuff, where can they find you? Yeah, I, I don't unfortunately have the time to write anymore with two children and a day job. So uh, most of my draft stuff ends up being on the podcast. You can find that for Locked On Guardians. You can, if you know, if you subscribe, I'll do my whole pitch. If you subscribe, you can watch the ones that are about the draft, and they'll all pop up for you when that comes. Uh, and I do about one, at least one college talk a week. Typically, that's my Wednesday wrap up. Doesn't always happen that way. Uh, sometimes it's on a Thursday, but it's always marked in the notes. You can go find it and watch that segment. Uh, but yeah, and then you can follow me on Jeff MLB Draft. Yes, it is Guardians heavy because, you know, I'm a Guardians journalist now. That's what it's got to be. But the draft is still love. It's something I follow. Uh, it's something I do a lot with. You know, I still, last year I had Carlos Colazzo on the show like two days before the draft. Brian Sikowski and I have been circling for months. We'll, we'll get some more draft people on the show. Burke uh, Granger and I go back years and years as Ohio draft people when we were both like complete unknowns just out there doing it. And then, uh, I, you know, I'll see if I can get my old buddy Taylor Blake Ward at some point off the pine to drop in and talk. There you go. Um, for the Guardians fans, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show is on Twitter at Locked on MLB Prospects, um, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. And you can find it on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Um, stick around. We're going to have more draft stuff coming up this year. See you. <laughs>